is it recording it didn't say anything so i'm so i'm hoping we're recording but you're recording so if anything goes yeah down. yeah one of us um, will yeah yeah it says it's recording okay fabulous right, great um hello everybody this is april navoa with the everything considered podcast and i am once again joined um by tim o'davis uh love having him back he always has some pretty impactful and um just really deep insights for us. And um, I'm looking forward to hear him speak today and, and just kind of picking his brain a little bit about uh, the subject. Um, Tim, I'll go ahead and let you introduce the subject and we'll get right in. Okay. Thanks, April. Um, as, as you know, and, and your listeners will, will learn if they don't already know, I, I'm a 30-year resident at the Temple of the Universe here in Alachua, Florida. And that's the... Um, the, the spiritual community, the ashram, um, that's run uh, by Michael A. Singer, author of The Untethered Soul. And so for 33 years, my life, my wife and I have been coming here in 30 years, we've been living on grounds. And on, on Saturday nights, we do a, um, a, a kind of an open, an open community sharing, right? Where we talk about what's going on in our lives and, and the different things that are, you know, impacting our growth. And we had some visitors this week, and one of them was talking about how much pain they were experiencing, you know, mm -hmm. and it seems to be a common theme throughout, you know, all of um, our lives, really, is that a lot of our growth and experience is accompanied by pain. Yes. And um, one of the things that, that we talked about is how the spiritual path is really um, defined in large degree by our ability to be open and accepting of emotional discomfort. And our growth is defined by our ability to, to process that which hurts into a positive path. And so I just wanted to kind of um, to share about that and talk about that. That's a, a very pivotal, very important subject that you brought up today. Uh, nobody likes pain. But it's a reality. I guess the Buddha, he called it dukkha, right? Like that's suffering. Um, yes. And there's different kinds of pain. There's physical pain, emotional pain. I guess there's mental pain. Um, there's, But it's all really the same, kind of the same thing. And it's just part of life. I, I think that's the, that's the hard part. Like we spend so much time trying to avoid it. It really is. And, you know, the fact is that, that, pain is really a way that we have of interacting, you know, mm. with the reality of life. And the fact that something causes us pain is really, it's kind of a compass point to look at whatever that pain is coming from and, and to see it as an, a really high degree of attachment that we have to some aspect of our life or some condition that we think we need for happiness or something um, that's a trauma, a past life trauma or, or a trauma that we've experienced early in our lives. And that it's, it's a, it's such a potent way to view where our path lies forward. So it's, it's, it's such a great way to, uh, to view that. Um, the, the Buddha said our sorrows and wounds are healed only when we touch them with compassion, which I mm -hmm. thought is a great way to kind of feel that the, the physical sense of wounding and how we approach that. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Have, have you recently 
or in the past had an example of a pain that that seemed that that, that provided with you with guidance, but only after you're able to look at it with um sort of some some deep spiritual growth so with 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 eyes of of deep understanding and release. Yes, very much. Um, I guess all through my life, I've had instances of pain, and I've of course there's some really big ones that stand out. Uh, losses that I've incurred. Um, mm-hmm. and, it, and you make a good point when you said that, because when you're in the midst of it, it's really difficult to, to sit with it and um, appreciate what it's teaching you. I think as time, as I've gotten older, that that's gotten, become more evident to me that, okay, this is, you know, because I think what I used to do is really wrestle with it. But I, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of one time in particular it, I had an injury to my back and I was down mm. for probably eight weeks. And there were times it was really excruciating. Um, and it was at the end of that, um, that, that whole process that I was finally able to kind of, I guess, glean some wisdom from, from what it was, it was showing me. Mm. Yeah. Physical pain and emotional pain. They are both strong indicators of something going on inside that, mm. that, we get to work with. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I do work in the prisons and one of the, the men that I work with is, is kind of having a similar experience to what you described, only it was more of an emotional pain. And mm-hmm. he's done things that he, well, this, I, I don't know where the source of your pain is, but his, his pain is that he's, he's got, he's done things that he's deeply ashamed of. And he was able to share with me how there was a trauma that early in his life sort of laid the foundation um, for his view of the world. And, and he has a strong need to control his world, right? And a strong need to kind of inflict his will upon the people around him in life. And that's come back to be a, a space of um, violence mm-hmm. and anger. Mm-hmm. And he's been working really hard. Like I can feel how hard he is to, to release that pain and to work with it. And I think the thing that perhaps is similar is that he can't see how much he's grown in that mm-hmm. and, and like how, how he, much he's released of that pain has helped him to get to a place where he's not acting out in violence, but yet on the deepest part of himself, he still feels anger and frustration and sort of the source of that pain. And mm-hmm. it's hard to realize growth, like you said, while you're still in the middle of that and while you're still passing through it. And having patience with yourself and having the ability to let go of of shame and guilt and fear in the midst of pain is really the source of healing and the source of letting go all the trauma, you know, that that caused it in the first place. Yes, I think uh, looking back on it, I can see where my initial resistance, I was really fighting it was actually making the pain more intense. Mm. and um, then there was a lot of fear because I had lost feeling in one of my legs, and I was, you know, is that ever going to come back, and and within a year it did, but at the time I didn't know, and so there was all this fear, and there was this resistance, and this struggle, and it seemed to, when I started to actually start to feel better, that kind of seemed to coincide with that acceptance of, okay, Mm. this is the situation, And, um, you know, and there was a lot of like emotional or I guess insights about how 
imbalance had contributed to uh, my injuring my back, you know, taking on too much, trying to bear too much and not feeling supported, but it was really me not supporting me, you know? Mm-hmm. It's the, you know, and you can take that even deeper too, right? Like, why would you not allow yourself to be supported or to ask mm-hmm. for support, you know, right. or there's so many different directions you can take that. Yes. One of the beautiful things like about pain is that if properly processed and and understood and accepted with the energy and the vibration that you just talked about is that it it it's a release right mm-hmm. and as you go deeper and deeper and you feel how much we hold and constrict pain as we try to control it in our hearts we don't release it. So, so, you know, in, in Mickey's Michael's book, the untethered soul, he talks about relax and release being like mm. a way to deal with pain. And the experience that I've had with that is that as I feel pain, physical and emotional, mental guilt, shame, whatever, I've had plenty of all those things Perfect. as I breathe and relax with it, it takes me to kind of a higher plane and it relaxes the, the chakras. It relaxes like the valves that kind of hold it in my heart. Mm-hmm. And what went down with pain, like the things that caused me pain, like some of the stuff, you know, relationships with my parents, my own father, et cetera. Mm-hmm. When, when I were able to relax and release with those whole segments of pain come up at once and it doesn't have to be released and sort of, if you will, incident by incident, wholesome scars, whole emotional blockages come out at once and that's what hurts right is that feeling of of passing big blockages so it's it's an incredibly efficient way to let go of your stuff but at the same time it's also painful you know it's it's it has like the highest degree of pain and the the thing that i think has happened over 30 years of that is that i now see pain as a compass point and as I'm working to release it and relaxing, I forgive myself for all the confusion, mental traffic, all the the doubt and fear, sorrow that come up with it and just accept it, right? Just to sit right. with it. And yeah. in that acceptance, large chunks pass and I'm able to, to let go even more, more quickly and, and move past it. And I've even gotten to a point where sometimes I view it with a sense of optimism. Like, so when I feel pain, I'm actually have a positive emotional state around it because i know that what's behind it is an incredible opening of energy Mm. it's some scars being cleared out the blockages being cleared out and the chakras making room and when people work on the kundalini right when you breathe through the kundalini and you you breathe that breath of fire and you open that that is a way to open that that channel of energy this is another way and there's a real permanent gain from letting go of the blockages and the and and doing this deep work it's just being able to sit with it sit during the, the sense of upheaval and the confusion and just let it pass and and trust that that's going to happen and that's going to work you know when, as you're talking about this i quote i i love this quote and i say it a lot the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek that's that joseph campbell quote and it's the um and so much of the pain that i've had both physically and mentally in my lifetime is um on the other end of it there's just so much good information and so much healing and it's like the pain's a vehicle for that but it's but the initial response is 
I want this to go away. This hurts. I don't want to feel it. And we fight with it. And I wonder sometimes that there's a quicker way, you know, to skip that part of it, <laughs> or you just have to be compassionate with yourself as you experience, experience that part of it. You know, there's a, a kind of a long held spiritual um, aphorism that you, you're never given more than you can handle. You know, in any aspect of life, but pain seems to be one of the aspects that that seems to fit most accurately. Yeah. And I, and I, what I, what I've experienced is in my desperation, as I've pled, you know, pleaded for some kind of growth from some situation to get over something, that the accompanying pain is more sharp and more intense. And what I feel is that, like the efficiency of that release, the quickness, like the bigger the chunks, like more that gets released at once. The more it hurts yeah so it's being able to kind of sit with that and smile at it mm -hmm. and you know there are a lot of um, teachers talk about resistance right that that sort of surrender versus resistance you know mm -hmm. and surrender to large degree doesn't mean you're giving up or or giving away your power it's actually taking back your power in a more deep and meaningful way it's it's more like that alignment between your essential being, your true self and your will, as opposed to just force or manipulation, right? Mm -hmm. And in finding that power and releasing, you, you, you find more power because you're not holding back the blockages that keep you from experiencing your own power. And in that surrender, in that opening, that's when that valve that feels like the place where we hold pain is open and we surrender to it and we let it come up. And that's true strength, true power, the real, mm. you know, commitment to whatever it is we call God, however it is we view, you know, the mm. infinite nature, the Buddha nature, the Holy Spirit, Shakti, whatever, Prana, whatever you want to call it. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of the initial thing is to, you know, beg and try to negotiate <laughs> <laughs> I want, I want reality to be what it was. And it's not that, um, but then you come to a space of like, okay, this is where I'm at. This is where I find myself and I'm going to relax into this. I, I was pulling up some quotes prior to our conversation. I've got one from Adyashani that really rolls beautifully into what you just said. Spiritual growth involves giving up the stories of your past. So the universe can write a new one. Mm. And, yes. you know, the old stories don't go away easy. You know, we, we have some reason that those were important to us and that we were committed them to, we were committed to them. And, and a lot of times the old stories support our concept of ourself, a, 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 a way that we were conditioned to be from our, from our old traumas mm. or, or whatever it was that led to self-limiting doubts. And in a lot of traditions or a lot of spiritual teachers call that your ego, right? The, mm -hmm. That sort of concept of who you are, that limited concept. And so getting rid of that concept is like rewriting your operating system, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's going from sometimes being fear-based or shame-based or guilt-based into something that feels more infinite connection to energy. Right. And something that is working in optimism and from from a true sense of altruism, a true sense of purity. And that transition from working away from fear and working towards a higher level of motivation, it's painful because you're giving up old ideas of who you used to be. And it's confusing mm -hmm. because it it's hard to trust yourself at first, you know, like 
shame and guilt are kind of trusty companions for a lot of our path. And as we yeah. let go of those and we try to work towards something higher, we're on a continuum of going from impure motivations and abilities and motive, uh, ways of operating to more pure ways and more higher ways of thinking of ourselves. And there's resistance to that because there's control in the old ways. Mm -hmm. And in that sense of moving from the impure to the pure, <laughs> passing cat. <laughs> the Zen master. <laughs> That's right. There's a sense of releasing our old stuff and it's really hard you know that that's where a lot of the pain comes in is releasing the old sense of who we used to be and the ego you know i i'm i'm like picturing like fall it's fall right now mm. and and everything you know the leaves are my husband and i just spent hours this weekend trying to get the leaves up off the ground and of course they're falling as we're doing it and uh but i'm i think about that and i think about death and decay how mm. that's a necessary part of our life there we we die a lot of different deaths throughout life and in that we let go of old stories and old versions of ourselves as we go forward and there i guess to the ego that's a frightening prospect you know that this part of what i i identify with or who i identify with is going to be gone and um mm. but what's exciting is there's something new that's going to be born um, but it is it is very difficult to to let go of those old narratives, those old stories, and surrender and move and allow yourself to move into something new. And it's the unknown, right? Like I don't know, I don't know what this new reality is going to be like if I if I surrender to this. It's it's so true, and it's actually it's like we don't we shouldn't want to know it in some sense of who we could become because every bit of deep spiritual and religious teaching has that we are we are one with god we are we are infinite you know and whether it's the quantum field or or however we want to tap into that we're really unlimited yeah. so so when we let go of who we used to be we're really reaching towards something that has no limit oh, wow. and and, it, and it, it's it's powerful but it's scary and and it yeah. doesn't get there right away and and it feels awkward and painful and the idea of just keep marching forward is really powerful, even in the sense of our pain that we're still moving forward and releasing and relaxing and letting go. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it can be an amazing and beautiful time. Yeah. 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 We want, we want to cling to some sort of identity that, you know, I was this person that could do this and now this happened and, you know, I can't do this. Now I'm the person that can't do this because this happened, but you know, the bigger lesson is, well, who is it like, can you trust life enough to become, to become this new thing, whatever that is, Yeah. even, even if you don't know what that's going to look like. And that's, that, that's a, that's a big leap, but I think it's one ultimately that most of us have to take at some point on our path. Right. It's so true. And the more optimism we face that, that leap it's funny, I just read a book called The Big Leap, and I don't remember the name of the author, but he talks about that that change and and he comes at it with a lot of deep spiritual principles, although it's not, you know, on its face a spiritual book. But a lot of it is in dealing with with feedback from other people and 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 critique and being open and being able to listen to to what mm -hmm. people who may be saying things that are unkind and how 
our, our expectations are limited by our past experiences and our ego and how we just move past all that. So it, it, it is amazing. Like have, having that faith that we, you know, the truth is we can handle stuff mm-hmm. and, and we're going to feel anxiety and we're going to feel fear and doubt. We feel it all the time for everything. It, it's, it's just kind of part of being a human, right. but if we do some basic practices, we breathe, with conscious awareness and we meditate and we have some kind of a sangha or a friend group that we can work with, we can learn how much we can actually handle. Mm-hmm. And, and there's help out there for everybody. There's all kinds of levels of help, spiritual teachings and churches and different places to go, 12-step programs. You know, the worst case is to back away from fear and doubt and pain with the thought that one can't handle it, that it will overwhelm mm-hmm. and that it's just not true, that that everyone has the ability to work through their stuff and, and wow. come out on the other side better, stronger, more capable of unconditional love at a higher spiritual level. How does meditation help with pain? Well, my experience is that as I meditate, I start to have a better grasp of the mental traffic that's going on in my head right and i'm talking about whatever meditation really it doesn't seem to matter a lot from where i'm coming from i do really simple meditation where i just literally count mm-hmm. um, i count one on the in breath one on the out breath two on the in breath two on the out breath that's one of my favorite meditations and then my focusing on the counting i very often will get to like nine or ten in that count and thoughts will start to fly through my head mm-hmm. And in the awareness of those thoughts, I can start to see patterns. And a lot of times what I see are self-limiting patterns of, of self-limiting thoughts, um, thoughts of hatred mm-hmm. or thoughts of pain, mm-hmm. thoughts of fear. And as I see them, it's I, I make it a point to note that that's not who I am. Those are merely reflections of emotions coming up in the quiet that I've created from meditation. And in those patterns of seeing those, those self-limiting thoughts and painful thoughts, it's, it's a little easier to kind of see what you're dealing with and to release and relax at that point, because they're kind of out there where you can see them. When we're in the midst of everyday life and we're driving places or cooking food or we're going at work, emotions and thoughts come up and we aren't in a space committed to realizing the unhelpful nature of those thoughts. They just come up and they kind of sabotage it's as, as we're trying to do things. So being in that space of seeing thoughts and feeling anger, like I, I know I've felt anger and I've heard that as an experience of people when they're meditating me, like you can touch a nerve, like raw emotion that's mm. deep in your solar plexus. And that's a really awesome way to breathe and relax, you know, try to keep counting, try to keep meditating. But just to open, let the shoulders go back, let the chest come up and to release as much as you can the anger and know that it's not you. It's not It's not me who's having that anger. That's just an experience that's coming up. Okay. And the inherent in the moment of meditation is that nothing is wrong. You're sitting in a space. You're being here now with yourself. Mm-hmm. So whatever comes up is something that's locked inside that you want to open and release and let go of. So having this kind of non-judgmental 
compassionate attitude towards whatever happens to arise during that time. And I can see that if you were in a lot of pain, if you could take those moments to be present with those emotions, how that kind of just brings the charge down and decreases mm. the tension. Um, I know I was a, you know, I was, I'm a neuromuscular therapist and I did that for years and um, I could work on people with just perfect anatomy that were in all kinds of pain. And then I would work on someone that was rotted from, they had a rod from the neck all the way down to the spine that had no pain, but they had no, you know, they had no tension in their body. Mm. And I observed how it's that, that holding on, to, trying to control, um, you know, those emotions, you know, stuffing them down that was contributing yeah. to here, this person is completely healthy and they have all kinds of muscular pain. And this other person does not have a healthy spine and they don't have pain, but they've learned something very powerful. And that is to just kind of be accepting and work with the pain as opposed to fight it. And I think meditation probably accomplishes that, um, you know, so it's a good idea, whatever kind of pain we're in to have some sort of a practice. Um, Absolutely. I, I think meditation is a great revealer, you know, of the whole pattern of pain. And like you said, some people have tools, you know, and, and it's, some people are just born that way that we have tools to release and, and see self-defeating thoughts as not who we are yet others of us are kind of almost rely on negativity shame and guilt to um mm. kind of create good behavior you know and we're just conditioned to do that or suppression and you think about sort of the 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 the, the macho ethic that you know many people are taught and women too you know is mm. is that if something bothers you that you just don't reveal it you keep a poker face you don't let that come through and you know, there's some value in that, that you don't want to be completely revealing of all that's going on. But if you hold it and you suppress it, and like you said, you said it perfectly, you stuff it down in there. It's like eating a sandwich or something and you just leave it inside. It's going to come back up. And if you don't let it come up, the force, the, the force of opening, the force of nature is that at that pain that negative thought, that feeling, that emotion wants to be released and it's going to fight its way up. And when we push back against it, that's what resistance is. We're actually using our own energy to fight the experience of old pain that we want to release. Mm. And that's exhausting. I mean, yes. so pain is exhausting and, and suppression is exhausting. And having a diminished sense of energy makes it really hard to fight for your freedom you know, mm -hmm. to release all that. So it starts this spiral, this downward spiral, which can evolve into depression and, and real darkness. Yeah. So being able to see the source of that and see it happening and breathe and relax and work with it and find people who can help you, you know, they're out there for sure. But having started a pattern of behavior, a pattern of habits that helps to, to deal with that, just that first incremental release of suppressed energy and opening of energy starts this upward spiral. It reverses that, that downward spiral. And it feels amazing. Like just mm -hmm. that first step of progress can really, can really save oneself. Mm, it helps to create like just a vision of what could happen, where we could go and who we could be. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to me. Like we look for 
people that have gotten through things like that's, I remember I've had a couple illnesses through my life and, um, you know, getting on Google and searching for someone that, you know, got through it, got to the other end. And I think that's, that's where community probably comes in real handy is there are people that have been through things that can be supportive and hold that space for you and, mm. you know, give you hope that, you know, you, you're going to get through this. I mean, and it's, the word through is important, right? Because there is, yeah. <laughs> that's the way out is through. <laughs> so Absolutely. And, you know, it also, it's, it's realizing and understanding that we're not broken. Like this is just part of the human experience. And, and there's iconography from, from thousands of years ago, the idea of the, the Phoenix, you know, burning and rising from the ashes and, and the crucifixion of Christ, right? The, 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 the hero story, right? Where the hero falls and rises and is in reborn again. That's all rising from your own ashes, from your own sense of pain to become bigger, bigger, more capable, more capable of loving, unconditional love. So you're not broken. We're not broken. You know, this is just part of the human experience. And it's hard to feel the possibility of triumph when you're in the middle of it. But over and over again, as you experience it and you create a pattern of, of working through these painful moments and experiencing pain and not identifying with it and releasing it, it becomes a beautiful path. It becomes a really beautiful path. Absolutely. Yeah. I, one of the most comforting words I ever read was in life, there is suffering because I did think that I was like, there's this tendency in the, of maybe the ego to believe that like, I'm the only one going through this. Nobody understands, you know, what this is like and everybody else looks like they're doing great and they don't have this injury or this illness or these relationship problems or uh, these difficulties at work or like they don't have any of that it's just me I'm the only one I'm mm. the only one going through that um, but you know the Buddha said and you know that in life there is suffering and uh, Jesus Yeshua said that um, that you know there are things that are common to all men you know, referring to men and women are going to go through hard things in this life. And that's very comforting because I think there's this tendency, I don't know what it is to have, you know, this ideal, you know, of it should be this way. And if it's not this way and I'm in pain, mm. then life is unsatisfactory. And I am a victim and I am being, you know, I'm a victim of life. Life is attacking me. You know, um, I think a lot of people feel that way. And I know I certainly have throughout mm. life at times, you know, felt like, gosh, I, nobody else seems to be going through this that I can <laughs> see. Right. Me too. I, I absolutely, I, I can so relate to that. And you know, I've, I've kind of instigated a few little tricks. One thing is when I'm feeling my, the worst pain, that I try to um, realize that pretty much everybody has the capacity to be in pain at any given moment, right? Mm -hmm. And as I walk through life, I go to the grocery store, get to the gas station, go through work, whatever. I try to make eye contact with somebody and just smile at them and let them feel some sense of compassion, understanding without saying a word, just, mm. just or maybe just a hello or hey. And just a, a tiny moment of, com, of of compassion and kindness has 
the effect of opening one's heart just for a minute, you know, it's like the Grinch who stole Christmas, like that one moment he experienced is that one little opening, it creates this burst of energy. And, and there's, there's a lot of, of really beautiful uh, spiritual commentary about how the, the, the truth of life is giving, right. And helping others to be happy. Mm -hmm. And just even a tiny moment like that, of lifting one's head and just looking someone, a stranger in the eye and just saying hi or smiling. And, and even if they don't look like somebody that you'd agree with politically or whatever, or they're scary, just do it. You know, just, mm -hmm. just feel that sense of your heart kind of reaching out and offering a flower, a, a, a virtual flower to somebody. And, you know, we, we were talking about having a, a digital detox you know, everything that we see on social media is about everybody at the best moment of their life. So it's easy to think, gosh, we're just broken. There's just nothing in us that matches what we see in other people's lives. And, and that concept of everybody being in pain at any given time really applies to that, especially it seems like the harder some people try to present that side of themselves. It's, it's like we're all trying to convince ourselves that we're amazing or we're beautiful and really it's just surrendering to the beauty that's inside us, the peace that's inside us. It's not peace and love and beauty, godliness, height, the height of spiritual awakening doesn't come from adding things into our life or, or being something that we're not. It comes from stripping away all that we're not, all mm -hmm. the, the blockages and the pain and the conditioning and the ego and preference. This is one of my favorite. Uh, this is... Um, this is the third Zen patriarch. The great way is not difficult for those not attached to preferences. When neither love nor hate arises, all is clear and undisguised. Separate by the smallest amount, however, and you are as far from it as heaven is from earth. Mm. And it's beautiful. It, it it is. It's it's a really beautiful guiding principle that when we have expectations or preferences, that that's I think a more powerful way of looking at it but we have ideas and expectations and standards and judgments they take us away and we strip those out we get closer to the core of our being that's okay no matter what when we reach true beautiful consciousness that state of consciousness doesn't judge it just sees the world it doesn't create good or bad it doesn't make bad or evil it just sees the way humans are and there's a lot to be unhappy about about normal human condition but there's also a lot to love right and being in that state of neutrality just being okay with oneself and the state of the planet makes it easier to really love others that's the very definition of what it is to live with an open heart is to just be just be fully accepting of other human beings like fully just take them as is you know, without any kind of agenda and not only them, but yourself, like it's okay <laughs> oh, wow. that I, that I, I'm not like this person or I don't have this thing or things aren't going for me. Like it's going for them. Like that's a, or what it seems anyway, because yeah. again, like you said, a lot of what we see is that one person's best day of their life. It's you're not seeing the other 98% of their life where, you know, they're having just as many difficulties, if not more sometimes than we are to be able to take people with an open heart, no matter where we find them and knowing that truly we're all just one, we're all reflections of one another, right? Mm. 
That's what namaste means, right? Yes. Deepest part of me sees the deepest part of you. And that, mm-hmm. that little trick of just opening your heart and smiling at strangers is really a great way to feel that in real life, you know, mm-hmm. without having to say the words or come across as anything, but just being a friendly, open person. Yeah. Yeah. And doesn't matter whether, what kind of look you get back, just be kind, just be loving anyway. It doesn't matter, yeah. you know, because right. just, they're just, they're just another part of you living a different kind of existence maybe than you, but we all have a lot of similarities and we can appreciate other people's paths, even if they're not like ours. Deeper than our politics and deeper than our race and deeper than our beliefs, we're all humans having a Mm -hmm. conscious experience, spiritual beings having human experience. And if we can relate on that level, then it's not as hard to feel unconditional love for each other. Right. Just caught in the, the Maya, right? The Yes. The, the illusion. Exactly. The illusion of life that separates us. And that's that's what we're feeling when when we're feeling darkness and depression. Would you say that the pain like is most intense when we're separated kind of from ourselves? Like um there's this deep kind of rejection of ourselves of what we're going through like again I guess that goes back to what we talked about before the story about who we are what we're not supposed to go through or go through or you know all these different ideas about the supposed to's you know yeah I I love what you just said because inside that supposed to is living by the standards or judgments that are created by other people Mm -hmm. and it's about stripping that away to find our own sense of who we are, our own, you know, capital S self, our own sense of identity. We can never fully live up to the standards that are created by other people. They're just, they're not real. It's, it's just not a real thing. And to let go of that and to be okay within ourselves, with our, whatever body type we have, whatever, you know, level of intelligence we carry. We have a gift that's unique and profound and that is meaningful and that our ability to accept ourselves as we are and share that in an open way that that expresses our uniqueness and who we are without having to meet somebody else's standards. Again, social media just is is rife with presenting us with standards that we could never meet. Yes. So yeah. It is. We learn to accept and love ourselves, but yeah, that, that self-rejection is just, oh God, it's a, it's, it's what a mess. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, definitely. It's, I don't want this. I don't want where I'm at right now. I don't want who I am right now. It's, you know, the pushing away of the pain of the ideas that things, the idea that things are not as they should be right now. Mm. you know but like but back to what you started with pain being a gift that it's there to show us and to to teach us and to move us through probably even deeper pains we didn't even know or recognize were down in there you know it's a cat it's a catalyst I mean I know it was for me with that particular back issue because I I had an understanding when that was all over Mm. about myself and about things that ways I had been unloving to myself ways I had refused other people's help and you know just different ways I was very unkind to me in that situation and my body was screaming out that this had to change you know yeah 
Yeah, The Body Never Lies. I believe that's a title of a book that's popular right now and it's really powerful. It really is. Mm. Well, this is beautiful. I have a poem that I think would make a great conclusion to this. Wonderful. So one of my favorite poets is uh, Rumi. Are you, I'm sure you're oh, familiar. Yes, yes. So this poem, poets and artists have a way to take, you know, what has been like half an hour of conversation for us in many, many words and summing it up in like a piece of art that that brings it home. So this is with all the love and respect to Rumi and the other artists and poets. This is, um, this being human is a guest house. Mm. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whomever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Mm. Yeah, you're right. That is amazing. Yes, that's beautiful. Thank you for that. My pleasure. I love Rumi. And, Me um... too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. You're right. Poets do have a way of putting things um, that really kind of drives the point home. And I thank you for sharing about this because I think it's very timely. I think um, there are a lot of people going through a lot of things and it's, it's, a, it's a good topic to address for sure. Now, you had some other things you wanted to share before we... Yeah, so my, my website is tim at timodavis.com. If anybody wants to email me, it's tim at timodavis.com. And I'm doing a, a class, a, a reading class on the untethered soul. And basically go a section at a time with a few extra sections. It'll be about an eight-week class. But we've got a chorus started, quorum started with, with people who are interested in um, kind of walking through the book. And I've lived at the temple for, for, for 30 years. And I've, I've heard, uh, you know, the, the book was written as a transcription of, of Michael A. Singer's Mickey's talks. So I was present at the creation of those talks. So I've, I've been sitting with those for for quite a long time so i feel qualified and and i love to uh, to talk about them and so we'll be starting a class soon i'm just uh, looking for some other people to fill in a few gaps so you can reach out at timodavis.com and uh, track me down that's very exciting i'm going to put all that in the show notes tim so they can just click on there and find you that's really great so uh check him out he's got all kinds of great offerings on his website and and many things that he does uh, we haven't even touched on in this particular episode. I think we did in the first one, but we haven't yeah. so much in this in this episode. Uh, Tim, thank you so much, and uh, hope you'll come on again. You're always welcome, and I I uh, appreciate your wisdom, and I and I know that our viewers do as well. And uh, everybody, um, you have a good holiday season, and take care of yourself, and and be kind to yourself, and loving to yourself, and. Mm. Uh, yeah. Thanks, everyone. Tune in again next time. <laughs> we'll see you soon. <laughs> see you Bye soon. now. Bye.